Dave with the jingle over there. Hey, what's up? Go, go, go. Um, How's everyone doing? Should we wait for their response? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> because we'll be waiting for a while. A pregnant pause, if you will. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we just dive in? Yes. We can. What is yeah, going on? A... What are you noticing? What's going on in your side of the continent? Yeah, it's a heavy week um, with just all that's going on with um, issues around race and racism, um, what that is presenting, uh, how that's being presented. So yeah, it's uh, as you engage in the socials, the responses of people, um, yeah, it's tiring. It's tiring addressing the, uh, just, uh, I guess, to, for lack of a better word, the racism that people carry, um, mm -hmm. the unawareness in which they carry it in. And uh, so I'm not complaining because obviously as a white dude um, dealing with this or dealing with people, um, my black friends have been addressing this for their whole lives. So... It's um, just seeing it and noticing it uh, as I become more uh, vocal in the ways in which I'm naming racism. So, yeah, so yeah it's been a heavy week. Uh, that's not how I'm doing. Um, but what I've been noticing is that the dominant cultural narrative, it's so hard for people to get outside of it. And so I was in my, my meditation class today, and there's this quote, um, and we had so many quotes, I don't remember the mm -hmm. name of the quote, so that's, sorry about that, bad for me. Um, but there's this quote that the basic idea or premise of the quote is that mindfulness, pause, meditation, in the midst of an experience, causes us enough time to leave the narrative that we're formed by and allows us to truly experience the experience for itself versus forming a narrative so quickly because we're the dominant narrative is what was what we know so we allow the dominant narrative to shape our experience and then it taints um, the ways in which we view something Mm -hmm. So just sitting in that and going, that's what I'm experiencing this week. People are not pausing. They're not stopping. They're not allowing the experience of the moment to change the way in which they see the story. They just respond and react to the dominant narrative that they've always known because there's no pause. Right, right. It'll um, fill in the blank. It's dominant. It will fill in all the holes, all the blanks, all the things with its story. Yeah, when you don't pause, you just allow the dominant narrative to shape the experience. Mm -hmm. So then you're not actually experiencing the experience for its true essence, mm -hmm. for what it's truly presenting. Mm -hmm. um, and so that just really hit me because that's, that's most of my exchanges this week. There's this inability to actually pause and see the true experience for what it is. All they can do is react against the dominant narrative that they only are familiar with and know. So just how important pause is, especially for whiteness. Um, there's this essential need to pause, to reflect, to stop, to take it in, and then allow the truth of the experience to create a new narrative for you, uh, a new way of knowing. So that's, that's kind of what, what I've been seeing or noticing. 
And what would you do? Is there a practice? How would someone pause? How would they do that? What does that look like? Yeah, um, I am not the best one to be teaching mindfulness practices. Uh, as someone who is a three on the Enneagram and is pretty driven and, and lives in my head a lot. But um, what I'm learning is that we allow them, we just sit in the moment without response. So we're breathing, we're noticing. And I think what we're doing in this podcast and the question we're asking, or what are you noticing, is really good things. We're noticing what's in our bodies. We're noticing what's going on around us. We're noticing our feelings and the ways in which we feel. Um, And we're taking notice of those before we react and respond. Um, So in this situation around the racism that we're um, noticing and seeing, instead of coming up with a solution that you only know dominant culture, or you only have a narrative in which you know a solution to come from, pause, sit in the voices of others, allow those voices to marinate inside of you. And maybe a new seeing could emerge versus the dominant way of seeing you've always known. It's mm-hmm. good. As a friend, uh, your friend, um, Jamie, my friend, more your friend, posted on Facebook, um, you know, don't respond to this. Don't react to this. Just read and sit in this. And I think that's what we can do in this moment mm-hmm. is we're not looking for an answer. We're not looking for your critique. We're not actually looking for your voice right now. We're just looking for you to take notice and to learn a new narrative. Um, and it takes mm-hmm. time to pause and meditate on the words and the ways in which we're, we're seeing things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you, what are you noticing? Um, well, you know, I think that there's just a, at least in my experience right now, I just have a lot, there's a lot happening. So, um, whether it's, um, kid duty and with school coming to an end, online school and, you know, my 14 year old is frantically trying to get all of his work in for the end of the year in the middle of this strange experience. He's also extremely empathetic. So I think everything that's going on is definitely impacting his emotional and psychological well-being. And, um, and, uh, I think my oldest daughter who's on the spectrum is also experiencing the challenges of, of being locked down, you know, for for a good period of time and not having kind of her typical activities or engagements or ways of engaging. And then mm-hmm. my almost five-year-old who is also feeling the cooped up thing. So there's managing household and then there's um, pastoring a faith community and, and leading in this moment and in this time. And then uh, being a woman of color and the ways in which I am experiencing this moment personally. And then in all my inner relation, my relationships that come out of that, so there's just never, there's not a moment, I would say there's just, there there are not a lot of, um, I've heard my black sisters talk about this a lot, just the the inability to, um, to rest, right? right to right. pause. There isn't a moment, there's literally not a moment that I'm not thinking about how I am working towards 
um, a better future for my kids right now. Like that's the stuff that's at the forefront for me. Mm -hmm. Um, How am I advocating? How am I parenting? You know, so it's on both sides. It's both with my kids personally and then in the, right. my, in the faith church context and then the world. And so um, that's a really heavy lift, right? That's a pretty heavy... Um, so, so those are the things that I'm spending my time thinking about, which is exhausting. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then finding my own place in that as an Asian American. Um, my experience is both privileged and oppressed and so acknowledging the ways in which i um, walk in privilege and the ways in which i am still um, impacted negatively by white supremacy and patriarchy and all the misogyny all the things so um yeah what has been good for me just i think it has to do with my particular personality type is as in finding other people who have those same experiences so that counters the um, Enneagram for sulking, self-pity kind of thing that could happen. And I can identify and, and have other people who can identify and relate to, to my experiences. So um, I've been intentional about seeking out those friendships and those relationships. And um, yeah, that's, that's the stuff that's been meaningful for me in the past mm. few, past few days, I would say. Yeah. Yeah, it's important to have those friends. I, f- I find the same. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. I wish I had a follow-up question. I don't. There's, yeah. Like. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, that's what I'm noticing. That's what's going on with me. Checking in with my friends, my people, um, trying to continue to to organize in meaningful ways. I think I'm trying to get a handle on my own local right. uh, political movements and organizing and um, actually having a challenging time finding um, organizing. That's been a struggle for me just as someone who hasn't been as engaged right. in that way. Um, so, yeah, just looking for those sorts of things and, and ways of meaningful activity, um, some mentors and POC mentors of mine have really been just calling out for political action, um, meaningful, deliberate, intentional political action that shifts policy and, and changes things for their lives. So that's the kind of stuff that I'm trying to at least discover and lead my uh, very um, predominantly white congregation into activity around. So. Yeah, it's really good you mentioned the policy stuff because it's so easy to get caught up in the kind of social media, um, just posting mm-hmm. things, which is great. We need that voice. We need people posting and making each other aware of of, of what's going on, resources and things. Um, but there also is the political work of policy making um, and what is it to engage with our local rep, uh, representatives and mayors and government officials and really seeing what, how, how systems can, can shift. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think for, for whiteness, I think there's just been generally, a, um, generally speaking, a trust towards the systems because the systems have been working on their behalf. So whether we're talking about right. government, we're talking about church, we're talking about any kind of institution, they've generally worked on behalf of, so there's a, an innate trust. That is not the case for many of my POC um, friends and colleagues. And so um, I think asking, for me, it's asking the questions about, about how power works, how those structures benefit some and not others and uh you know often it comes down to money where is the money mm -hmm. flow um right yep. um who is funding what and that's where the power is and um yeah so anyway i've been trying to to on to discover those things because i have inherently trusted my city right um but as a as a citizen as a uh, person who lives in Portland, I should be engaged in asking some important questions about how um, my government functions. So yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, well, it's huge. And um, if it's not, uh, yeah, if our systems don't benefit those in the margins and our systems aren't working. And yeah. uh, I think that's, yeah, really important just because it benefits us doesn't mean it benefits all and to kind of dig in deep and go who's who is benefiting why are they benefiting um yeah those are such important questions yeah 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 lots of questions being asked for sure um mm -hmm. and how we can engage and take action in this moment yeah yeah true statement <laughs> that's all that's all i got cool that's all i got so quick check in today it's fine it is said fine. what needed to it's, be said um, yeah yeah i think it reflects kind of the weightiness of what's going on in our own lives and the weight of the last few weeks yeah yep yep well thanks everybody for listening in checking in thanks dave for making the time and we will do this again. Thank you, Sonia. All right. All right. Later, everyone. Later, everyone.